Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. In this episode, we're talking with Millie Ball, former travel editor of the Times-Picayune, and her hometown is New Orleans. Welcome, Millie. Hello, Lee. Good to be here. So tell us something first about the history of New Orleans. Well, it, it's a quirky city, and maybe even its, its discoverers or its first settlers uh, set the path for it because they, uh, it was Bienville and his brother Iberville, and they came up the Mississippi River. They were supposed to stop. They were supposed to settle somewhere near Baton Rouge, but they decided, no, that the crescent, the crescent of the Mississippi River was a better spot but it was filled with mosquitoes and swamp and they had convicts um, having to get snakes and all of this high grass out. Uh, but it turned out to be a good spot in the long run because it was a good spot. It was nearer to the Gulf of Mexico. So shipping and uh, trans trade could come through. Yes. Well, it's called the Crescent City, I guess, for that reason. That I call is, it that. There are lots of names for New Orleans, but I know you call it NOLA. Is that the way to say it when you're a real New Orleans person? No, no, we really don't. We say that to make it short in typing something, but there are different pronunciations. My mother always called it New Orleans, uh, Y-U-N-Z. I say New Orleans or New Orleans. Nobody says New Orleans unless you're singing you know what it means to miss New Orleans. And also nobody says Nolans, which you also see people who are hosts of shows who really don't know New Orleans. They'll, they'll say, oh, it's Nolans. No, it didn't. Nobody here says that. So we have our own languages and it all depends upon sort of where, what part of the city you live in. You know? What are some of the what are some of the neighborhoods? I know there are many, many of them that are very what, interesting. There are totally many. There. Oh, gosh, there's. Well, Orleans Parish, which is a blue spot in the middle of a red state. It's a very democratic um, city, but the suburbs tend to be more um, suburbs. There would be across Lake Pontchartrain, uh, St. Tammany Parish and Jefferson Parish on this side of Lake Pontchartrain would be like conservative types. But then in the in the city itself, we have the Lower Ninth Ward, which was badly flooded in Katrina and we have Chalmette, and we have Uptown, we have Downtown, we have Faubourg Marigny, we have um, Bywater, um, oh. just just so many. Lots and, of personality. Speaking of Katrina, I know that was a big comeback, but New Orleans has come through many problems. I know it was hit by fire in 1788, and that flattened 80% of the French Quarter. Uh, there was yellow fever and... Uh, multiple hurricanes, but you always come back. It's it's got spirit. We do. We, we do. It, it it used to, after Katrina. There's some people in Washington. You know how we feel about them sometimes. They uh, would say, "Well, you know, it's not worth bringing this city back. Too many things happen." And everybody in New Orleans went, "Ha! Huh, we don't feel that way at all. This is a city that cares." And the first uh, Mardi Gras after after Katrina, which was August 29th in 2005. Um, was one of the best we ever had. And the first jazz fest that year, I know Bruce Springsteen came down all these top yep. people came and sang. and there's a sense of, it's a hugely diverse city, 
different types of people and you all live, you know, one of the richest people in town might live around the corner from somebody who's a housekeeper. You know, it's right. not so stratified in in economic ways as, as many other cities. What about the history? I know slavery is is something that is a shame yeah. of our past, but what is the, the history in New Orleans about, about slavery? Well, it came, it, the slavery, slaves came early here and it was a big a slave market. We've had several show, exhibits here um, on the slave thing, but a place called Armstrong Park now, um, after Louis Armstrong, was um, one of the slave trade markets. And yeah, it, it, it was, there were plantations all around here. One of the plantations around New Orleans, it's about an hour outside called Whitney, um, is one of the few anywhere that is all about the slaves who lived in South Louisiana. So it makes it a different um, different aspect from the, the ladies in the antebellum dresses and that sort of thing. Yes, it's very important to have both to understand the, the past. Let me just ask you about two of the most well-known neighborhoods. The first one is some the French Quarter, and we're all familiar with that one. What are some details you can tell us about, about that area? Well, it's been rebuilt several times since the Great Fire, of course, was um, in, in uh, the ter- what, what year was that? I've forgotten. But the Great Fire in 1788, 1788 really knocked out most of the French Quarter. But it's um, been the heart of the city. It's, high, it's the highest sea level point. So, so much of the city is under, under sea level. But uh, it, it, when you come to New Orleans, the best thing to do is you just walk around. It's, it's by the Mississippi River. And one of my favorite things to do is, uh, if I'm feeling bad someday, I may go to the quarter. And there's always a, a street band playing for quarters or something in front of um, St. Louis Cathedral and Jackson Square and break dancers and you really get caught up in the spirit of it and everybody claps and that sort of fun. And then you can cross the street and get coffee and donuts. Or as we used to say, when I was growing up, we called them donuts, but as new people came in and wanted to change it, they got a little hoity toity and they started calling them beignets. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> the beignets <laughs> of the, the Cafe du Monde. Right. right. And that's right across the street um, from where you see the street people and you still see them actually a few feet down from the, um, Cafe du Monde. Isn't and there a new riverfront park right in that, that area? The, like the, the High moon, Line in New the York. Moonwalk, the Moonwalk. You can walk along the Moonwalk. Um, really, it's it's almost connected all the way back into um, some of the neighbors of uh, neighborhood uh, Bywater, excuse me, and Marini, and to the um, to Canal Street. And there's a big aquarium at Canal Street, and um, but all along the river, it's it's really a nice. Um, way to walk. And they call Moonwalk after Moon Landrew, who was the mayor of New Orleans. Oh, that's an interesting little fact. Yeah. I would have thought it was the moon. Let me ask you about the most posh district. I remember the Garden District, so beautiful. Makes me think of Tennessee Williams and, you know, all the antebellum area. Tell me tell me a little bit about, about that. I know that the universities are there and... When, no, they're, they, they're usually uptown. A garden okay. district and uptown are two different neighborhoods. The garden district is between um, Jackson Avenue and Louisiana Avenue, and you have all these grand houses, but we don't have big yards like in other cities because the city is built between Lake Pontchartrain and the Mississippi River. So you don't have vast amounts of land anyway. So you'll have these enormous houses 
on really very small uh, plots of land. But yes, that's where Anne Rice lived, the writer, and you um, just have all sorts of people and they do walking tours. There's uh, what's really good is Commander's Palace Restaurant is there and that's one of the most popular restaurants in the city. Um, and it's a half a block from an old cemetery, which you can tour. And then there's a place called The Rink, another half a block away, which is a small shopping center uh, with a coffee shop downstairs, uh, one of the really two or three uh, small locally owned bookstores in the city and several places. I, I say that if you only have a day and you want to go to Commander's for lunch and then you tour the cemetery, which I think closes at three, and then you go around the rink and have a cup of coffee at the end. And it's sort of like a perfect little thing you could do in a short amount of time in New Orleans. Sounds great. What about the National World War II Museum? I've heard a great deal about that. Very, very that, impressive. Yeah, that's the um, number one attraction in the city. More people see that than anything else. Um, and it was started by Stephen Ambrose, who was a historian at University of New Orleans. But uh, some landing boats were by Higgins, and he was a New Orleanian, landing boats in World War II which is how it started. Um, and it really caught, caught fever, fever, caught, uh, whatever the word is. <laughs> anyway, caught on, <laughs> caught on. yes, yeah, so here I go. But uh, people like Tom Hanks and, and all these movie stars got involved. And I remember Stephen Ambrose wrote a letter to the editor one time in New Orleans, to New Orleanians and said, okay, all these people from California donating, you need to donate too. And I remember I, I, I sent a hundred dollars in and then uh, you were shamed. <laughs> I, we were shamed into supporting it, but it's, it's just really amazing and tells you so much about the war. And um, then there, there are shorter exhibits too, that traveling ones, like we have to be careful what happened in Germany when they were doing propaganda and doing it as news and that sort of thing. So, but it's a very active place. That's, Quite yeah, it gets a great reputation. When I was in France, uh, people told me about it when I was visiting the DJ Museum there in Normandy. Yeah. They were mentioning how, how good the National World War II Museum was in New Orleans. How about outdoors? What about parks and gardens? Are there any you recommend? Well, those are sort of my favorite things to do. When There's Audubon Park, which I just love. It's not too far. It's uptown. And Audubon Park um, is right begins on St. Charles Avenue right across the street from Tulane University and Loyola University, which are next door to each other. And there's a statue of uh, Jesus in front of Loyola University with his hands raised up, lifting toward the sky. And people who go to Tulane say, that's a, the statue is really saying, can I help it if there's a better school next door? Which would be <laughs> Tulane. <laughs> so, but anyway, you can get off the streetcar there. Taking a, a tour of the city, uh, the other parts out of the quarter. It's good to take a streetcar ride. You can get off at the Garden District and then you can ride a little bit longer and get off at Audubon Park and walk through the park. It's a 1.9 uh, mile loop. And what, what's so wonderful about it, besides the oak trees and there's a lagoon and there's an island with egrets on it and different birds all of, all of the time. And there's a swan, one swan and one goose. And they're very good friends. <laughs> and they they're seen they're seen swimming together, but what I really like about it is they're so they're fathers and children and families and they're all together in Audubon Park. So um, it it's just 
seems peaceful when I'm there. It's just amazing place. And then in city park, which is larger, but I think if you live in that part of the city, you prefer city park. And that's where the new Orleans museum of art is, which is a beautiful museum. Um, And the children's museum, a new children's museum, which is fantastic is open. Um, But they have a sculpture garden next to the, um, next to the museum. And it is, is just phenomenal. There's, a lagoon in there, bridges, and sculptures from people from all over the world, and, and just really is a first-class place to go. And they sometimes have yoga classes there in the morning. But just to wander around when you want to be by yourself, uh, it, it's just great to do that. Tell me a little bit about what we all think about Carnival and Mardi Gras. I'd like some inside information about, <laughs> about the floats and all of that. You'll, well, we you know all that. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have our own language here. I mean, everybody in New Orleans, um, you, you, if you come here, you need to know what the words mean. Um, the carnival organizations, and they're probably way over 100. They call themselves crews, K-R-E-W-E-S. And the ones who have parades, um, they, they'll tell you, particularly in New Orleans, if a friend of yours is riding on a fro- float, and these are all private organizations, so the members all pay to do this themselves. They um, friend will say, well, I'm on the neutral ground side or the sidewalk side. And a neutral ground is what we call medians. And even if there's no median on that street, we still know that that's the left side of the street. So it may be a street that doesn't have a neutral ground, but a friend will just say, yes, you, I'll be on the neutral ground side of chaos, which is the, the name of a um, organization for men that does a satirical parade. But they're all all sorts of them. And the deal is people throw all sorts, thousands of dollars worth of trinkets, beads and just different things um, to people. And and somebody may be a good friend of yours, but he can't he or she cannot give you the trinket ahead of time. You have to catch it from them on the street, even if they live next door or in the same house. So it's it's one of those really weird things. But this year. Um, because of we we had no Mardi Gras because of the pandemic, um, they started. Somebody on, went on Facebook one day. It was just a woman and said, "We ought to do house floats. Let's decorate our houses." And then some people that were there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, float makers that had lost business and the designers, and so it became a way to get them to um, get some jobs at people's houses. Well, within a few days, 9,000 people had signed up, even oh over, goodness. even in Europe. And now people are just doing it. I mean, I've, I've got a friend who just went places and bought things, but the places were sold out of the flowers and the jesters and the things that people were putting on their houses because so many people just absolutely love this idea. And it sounds like something that you might be keeping just I think, you know, to I add think, to the parades. It's a wonderful I think, idea. I think we will because people have spent a lot of money on things. And we have like Leah Chase, who was one of the wonderful chefs of New Orleans. She died a couple of years ago. But one relative of hers has a figure of her cooking on the upper balcony of his house and steams coming out of a, a pilot. And then we have Stacey Abrams is a Georgia there's a Georgia house float with Stacey Abrams at the top. Wow. Uh, so, but then they're just fun. I mean, there's this one yeah. street called Harmony Street 
in every house on that street has something to do with harmony, music, art. Um, wow. It, 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 it's amazing. So I think, I think we will. And uh, the other thing it sounds, it sounds is, like it's, it's one of those things that makes New Orleans what we all re- love. Yeah. It's, it shows the resilience of the city. Absolutely. And I think, I think it really will last um, because again, they've spent so much money on it and everybody now, we all just ride around all the time. It, you began with a list and then you discovered the list. There, there are 15 other houses, but there are on the list and within two blocks. So on Facebook now, that's basically everybody's showing, look, I got 72 pictures here. <laughs> and you want to know where they are. So, you so can we can look. all share. We can all yeah. we can all go on and look. That sounds fabulous. Let, right. let me ask you a little bit about the music of New Orleans. We, there's traditional New Orleans jazz. And uh, where would we find that? Well, Preservation Hall is still about the best place to find traditional jazz. There's not too much of it you can find in the city. And it's um, <coughs> so that it, it that's a place off next to Pat O'Brien's, which is maybe the city's most famous bar. And it's off of Bourbon Street. Um, and then then you just have on Frenchman Street right behind the French Quarter are all sorts of music clubs. And they usually have a blackboard outside of saying who's performing because different local performers go from club to club and um, perform. And there's also right across the street from in the middle of it, there's an an open air market at night that you can go to. I had some friends in town and we all bought necklaces made out of zippers, you know, but they have really (laughs) kind of fun, (laughs) fun things that they, they sell at that market. So it's, it's nice, but there's just, different types of music. We have blues. I mean, our, you know, Fats Domino is from here and Alan Toussaint and then, you know, Ernie Cato and just a million people that, and, and right now Tank and the Bangas, they're, they're a hot number and Kermit Ruffins. Um, so you just have all sorts of yeah. types of music. And well, that's a food. <laughs> and the food, I know. Well, you can go on and on and tell, on. Tell me, food. you know, it's a mix. I mean, I when I went there, I've been a couple of times to New Orleans. It's just everybody talks about food. Everybody loves food. There's a mix of these wonderful Creole, soul, French, Cajun, whatever. It's it's just super, <laughs> super delicious stuff. What would be your, you know, what two places perhaps or three would you say to, try not to miss uh, maybe that we wouldn't know about? Well, I think the, the tradition, you know, of course the new restaurants come in and everybody has to go see the new restaurants, but New Orleanians tend to stay more with the ones that we've known for years. A um, couple of them are uptown. They're not in the quarter. Clancy's and Upper Line are two restaurants that are very, very popular with locals. And, and so is Brightson's. Brightson was a chef with K. Paul, uh, Paul Prudhomme when he first opened and K Paul's has shut, shut down with the pandemic for good. It's not going to open again. Um, but anyway, those three are, are really terrific. Um, and also Dookie Chase, even though Leah Chase died, she was, what you would do is you would go to Dookie Chase and a lot of the civil rights meetings were held in that restaurant. She was a black woman and married into this family that had a sandwich shop and she turned it into a white tablecloth restaurant um, where people could black and white people could meet together and uh, have their civil rights discussions. And she, you would end your meal there by going to say hello to Leah in the kitchen. And she was in the kitchen until about two months before she died. 
and she was in her mid nineties and she was still cooking. And she, you know, just, I remember seeing her, I think on 60 minutes, uh, many shows. She's a, a she very famous ambassador for new Orleans. Yeah. Wonderful. Have you but met her? her? Yes. We'd all go down. I, every, I have so many pictures of me and my friends with her because I always took friends there to, to meet her too, and to eat the food. It's, you know, it's old Creole food, black food. You would have red beans and rice, fried seafood, um, but the big treat was was meeting Leah. But she, her family is still running it, and it's a lovely restaurant, and it has lots and lots of um, black art in it. And there's a picture of Obama in there and Bush in there, uh, W. So with yep. with, and I think she saved, gave some food or served some food to the Pope. I'm not positive about that. <laughs> what, what he had? <laughs> Maybe that was Ant- Antoine's did the same thing. I think, and Antoine's is the oldest. It's the oldest restaurant in the city from the same family. And it's been there amazing. But Brennan's and Commander's and there's just really so many amazing restaurants. There really are. I remember, well, the pa- the podcast is called Places I Remember. So I always end with personal memories of the of the place we're discussing. And I, I have just the best memory of New Orleans because I think it was the first trip I ever took by myself. I was 19. I took ah. the train from Miami. Uh, we must have switched trains in Tallahassee or somewhere up there. And um, I just remember all these places you're talking about, Antoine's and and the Cafe Du Monde for the beignets and Brennan's for Bananas Foster. A lot of it was food, but also just walking around. It, it seemed like I was in another country. At that time, I had never been to another country, and it was the closest thing I had ever been to some place that was so, so special and different. And I will always remember that as probably my first great uh, memory of travel. Now, you have a million memories of New Orleans. <laughs> I would like to ask you what your favorite one is to share with us today. Well, I have I have one that people like to hear because uh, it, it's kind of funny. As I told you, there are a million carnival balls here, and you have the social ones, the debutantes are in, then you have that's maybe fifteen, but the rest of them, every every different group in the city has its own carnival ball, and uh, there are men. Some are men's crews, and some are women's, and some are mixtures. And I was queen of two balls. Um, one when I was in college and uh, that was where your family, you know, if your family has some connection, somebody in college is queen and a member of the ball who's much older is the king. But when I was um, 13, I was queen of something called the children's carnival club that my grandmother helped found with two other women. And um, my, my king um, was 12. So we were 12 and 13, very precocious age. And he wore, a um, he wore he wore a uh, blonde page boy wig and white tights uh, underneath his tunic and and I think he had elevator shoes on because I was tall <laughs> at the time and I had a pony through ponytail through my crown uh, in the back um, and what's what's really interesting about this is that he. Um, the organization is almost a hundred years old now, and we are the only king and queen to ever get married. And we married in our mid thirties. Oh so my goodness! Really <laughs> Does he still have a blonde page boy? And I don't know. No, he's, he's it's gray and sort of going away now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that it, I, nobody can top that memory. That's fantastic. Um, anyway, 
Look, thank you so much, Millie. Uh, it's been a wonderful discussion about New Orleans. I learned a lot. And, uh, you know, I will hope to go back because it's a, it's a great city. So thank you. Well, I enjoyed talking to you. Really, it was it's fun to talk about my favorite city because, you know, I've traveled a whole lot. And I'm always glad when I come home because there really is no place in the world like New Orleans. No place. Yep. If you have any comments or questions about New Orleans, about this or any episode, just contact me at placesiremembereahlane.com. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, placesiremembereahlane.com, and keep making your own travel memories.